HD Milwaukee. A Good Karma Brands Radio Station. The biggest sports stories of the week. So when I get my hair cut, they wax my ears, they wax my nose, okay, and they wax my eyebrows every time I get my hair cut. Okay. I literally have one eyebrow, and I've had people trip over my nose hairs. Okay. It's embarrassing yeah. when someone trips over your nose hair. Yeah, that's that's not, cool. not cool. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite teams. Then he, he said, I don't want to be a bum. He doesn't want to be playing and not be good anymore. And I I think that is a legitimate concern for him, and I think this for is for Rodgers. For the MVP so, of the NFL again this year? I think Aaron Rodgers should be in the uh, conversation as well for executive of the year. <laughs> Plus some fun with pop culture. That might be is the round, the quarterfinals. That's the metal no, round. Not. No, that's Wait, not can we, do we get Matt, get, call Matt Hamilton right now, because we got to find out. This is Sunday Karma. Well, all I can tell you is I picked way better than you throughout this, Ben. So you got lucky that I have a life and I couldn't get my picks in a few times because I clearly picked way better than you. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. The whole, uh, you know, Harper is the co-host. She hasn't been here in a year. She doesn't deserve that uh, love. She should get bumped. Here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Carmison. And for those tuning in to see if I was going to be alive and if Harper would be here, you knew Harper wasn't going to be here, but uh, yes, uh, 15 girls at the house last night, sleepover, all good. Told to everyone, 12, 13, 14, 11 through 14, I don't know how old they were, but uh, I don't do anything. They just, uh, they take care of it. All good there. Uh, big show today. We got Jeff Smolian coming up in Wildy's spot. Who's Jeff Smolian? Who's Wildy? Oh, you know who Wildy is? Jason Wildy uh, off today as the Packers have their bye week. What are they doing with a bye in December? I feel like this, this, like, this, like the Packers legit got to impact the entire NFL schedule this year. That they were like, we need you go to, uh, to London. We need you to play in an international game. And the Packers were like the last people like ever, like Jacksonville. Jacksonville's played like four full seasons in London. Like they haven't had a home game in Jacksonville since 2018. And like somehow the Packers still hadn't played an international game. And they were like, all right, well, if we're going to play that, then you need to give us a bye in like week 19 of the season. Like we need to be guaranteed a bye in the first round of the playoffs. And they're like, well, you got one of those like the last few years and that doesn't help you. Like you, you end up losing anyway. So uh, you don't need a buy in the first round of the playoffs. All right, then like, can we be off the last week? Like we want to be, uh, okay, we want to buy in December. We'll settle for a buy in December. And, uh, and we want to, you know what? We want to buy and then we want to play a Monday night game after. We want like three weeks off just like right before the end of the season because we're going to be gearing up for another 13-win season, another uh, run to our NFC North to, to an NFC North championship and uh, an NFC championship game. And uh, yeah, so the, they, they got everything. Uh, they got everything they wanted uh, except uh, a good season. So anyway, Packers are off. Jason Wildey's off. Jeff Smullian is in. Jeff Smullian invented what we're doing right now. He is the guy who legitimately invented sports radio. A guy from the Midwest, from Indianapolis, who... Did almost everything you can do in radio 
including inventing sports radio in New York City with the first ever sports radio station. And then he owned the Seattle Mariners. A guy bought a Major League Baseball team. He's got a new book. It's about to come out called Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, The Ups, Downs, and Reinvention of an Entrepreneur. The only thing that gets me more excited than sports is great entrepreneurial stories, and Jeff Smolian is absolutely one of those. So you can check out the book on Amazon or anywhere you can buy books. I don't think you can get it yet, but you can pre-order it. We're excited to talk to Jeff, who's uh, a legend, an icon, and has uh, done incredible things to come before uh, us to allow us to do what we do. So we'll talk to Jeff Smolian. We'll also uh, talk about the Heisman Trophy right now. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's a really good thing to do as a host to talk about things that you're not prepared to talk about, uh, which I did not watch the Heisman Trophy ceremony last night. Um, My extent of knowing what happened with the Heisman Trophy last night was getting an alert on my phone, clicking on that alert on my phone, and then hearing um, Myron Metcalf say a few things about it on my way uh, into the station today on uh, ESPN Radio. And I was thinking about it, maybe talking to someone else who gave uh, me this idea, was thinking about it, that like, in my life, like, the Heisman was locked in. It was one of those things that you, of course, watched. And it was those quiet, awkward interviews in the New York Downtown Athletic Club. And I feel like parents were interviewed of the of the finalists, and like, the, the players were interviewed, and you saw some highlights, and there was like, uh, like a, a, dra- a drama associated with it. Like you were excited, and like you even cared. Like, well, d- the West Coast voting, how's that going to impact things? Like, I feel like the Heisman was like bigger than like the presidential elections when we were kids. Like, like when we were when I was a kid. Like I'm I'm old. I'm like you know late forties now, right? So like you you would just know like oh yeah like. Walter Mondale might win like four states or something, but like the the election's going to be boring. You don't need to wake up for the president, stay up for the presidential election. Like by the time of like ten o'clock, eleven o'clock news was on, you knew who was going to win the election. But the Heisman, that was a whole different thing. It was like early voting. Should there be like, did people vote too early? Like I think that's what happened. Maybe the presidential election and like. Senate and House of Representatives, I don't know what these things are, became more important than sports. Is that possible that that happened? I don't think so. I don't know what happened. I mean, this was like a big deal. It's like, should you be able to vote early? Should you not? Oh, the the West Coast games, did the East Coast voters stay up late enough to to watch the games? Were there, you know, should mail-in ballots be allowed? Should they not? Were there hanging chads? Should, uh, you know, you know, was there voter suppression? Maybe some of that wasn't. Heisman, maybe some of that was presidential. I'm, I'm confusing things, but it, it all kind of runs together. But it was a big deal, and now it's not. And now I don't feel like I needed to watch the Heisman Trophy. And it's so interesting because I wonder how many things like that there are, like things that you used to feel like you needed to watch that now you don't anymore. Are there others? Because I could think of a bunch. 800-990-ESPN. It's 800-990-3776. That is the old national talk and text line. 800-990-3776. 800 
877-990-3776. What are the things that you used to have to watch? Like if you were a sports fan, these were important days. These were on your calendar. You were not going to be doing something else while this was happening because, hey, I'm a sports fan. Of course I'm watching the Heisman Trophy. Of course I'm watching that. You know, I, again, I knew it was going on. I knew it was going to happen. I knew Caleb Williams was probably going to win. But like in the past, it wasn't that I didn't have a pretty distinct view like growing up. Like, yeah, sure, there was a year like Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson. Like there were certain years where it was close. But like, I don't know, some, something's changed. Any other events like that, and you can also text on the uh, talking text line, 800 990 3776 800-990-3776. Old National Talking Text Line. Give a call or shoot us a text. What are those events that used to be must-watch that are no longer must-watch for you? We'll also uh, today hit our cover five, Palermo's Picks, as uh, we're getting down toward the end, and it is uh, getting juicy uh, big things, uh, big things to uh, look at there, and uh, obviously a look around uh, around the NFL and around uh, the NBA. We won't look too far around the NBA. We'll just look at what the Bucks did Friday night and where the Bucks sit, especially given the Golden State beat Boston yesterday, and the Bucks are in uh, an incredible position given that Chris Middleton's been out most of the season and Joe Ingles still has yet to play his first uh, game with the Bucks. But let's talk about this. What are the events? What are the sports, what are the things that used to define you as a sports fan that now it happens and you're like, hmm, how about that Kentucky Derby, right? Like, are you still watching that? Did you used to watch that? You know, I I could tell you, I don't even know if the Indy 500 is still on ABC or where it is. I didn't, I, I don't know anything about Indy racing. It was like one of those things, right? Like I felt like you had to watch the Indy 500, like as a sports fan. It was on like Memorial Day or something. I don't know if it was the Sunday of Memorial Day or the Monday. You know, there was like different races, but like you were watching that if you were a sports fan. Now, it's been a long time since I've given myself a little uh, Indy 500. I mean, that's going to be a decade. So I, I don't think I feel like I need to watch that as a sports fan. Let's uh, hear what you have to think. Let's start with Pat. Retired. You're on Sunday, Karma. Morning, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Pat, are there those things that you used to have to watch as a sports fan that you don't feel like you do anymore? Yep. Any All-Star game or Pro Bowl. Oh, oh dude. The, the NFL Pro Bowl? Forget it. I mean, I, I will still watch the Major League Baseball All-Star game in the NBA. I actually probably missed the Major League Baseball All-Star game for like 10 years. I'll admit it. I just watched, happened to watch it this year. Wait, so you will not watch a single All-Star game or Pro Bowl? Nope. The last All-Star game I watched was when they, when they ended in a tie. <laughs> oh, so when they came to Milwaukee, uh, you know what? I, I would, I would want to tell you that you've missed a lot since then, but I think the most notable thing would have been before that, which would have been in the NBA one when Magic Johnson was like hitting fall away sky hooks from three point range after coming back from being HIV positive. Pat, you've you've actually uh, you've actually made a very efficient use of your time 
That's a good call. By the way, I assume that includes, are you watching the dunk contest or the three-point shooting or any of the side shows or the home run? What about the home run derby for baseball? No, not anymore. And I stopped watching the NBA when it was like 200 to 199. <laughs> that, uh, well, actually, it's funny. You you missed this year. The, uh, the East pulled it out 367 to 358. So... The defense has stepped up a little bit in those games, so uh, you might you might want to uh, check them out. Thanks, Pat. That is a good call. Um, I, by the way, Major League Baseball All Star Game, and to me that slam dunk contest, you know, three point shooting, also like back when Larry Bird was in it or whatever. Like those were must watches. I mean, that is a great call by Pat. Major League Baseball All Star Game on a Tuesday night. Those guys lined up with all of their different jerseys on, all the different uniforms on. I mean, even just the opening introductions were must-watch. Even if you, you know, even once the game started, but even once the game started, and and I'm not going to say that's because of, like, interleague play has ruined it or something. I don't know what it is. And And Fox, who had the game, did a great job with it this year. I said I watched it for the first time in, like, a decade. They did a great job. That was must watch. Slam dunk contest was not great. This past year, we'll see if it gets better. Three-point contest, I think, is excellent. I, I, I'm a big fan of that All-Star Saturday night with the NBA, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased there. As a uh, great call by Pat. Continue talking text 800-990 ESPN. That's 800-990-3776. What sporting events used to be locked in on your schedule that are not? Any more. We'll continue to talk that. We'll have Jeff Smalling at 10:30 and some Packers when we continue. Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when the mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Wish we could turn back. Sunday Karma, continue with you. Jeff Smullian, legendary, iconic entrepreneur, invented sports radio coming up in about 12 minutes. Also former owner of the Seattle Mariners. His new book, Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, coming out this week. We're going to uh, chat with him in Jason Wildey's spot as the Packers are on a bye. As we talk about the Packers on a bye, oh, what to do with the Green Bay Packers, and obviously the question is going to surround the quarterback position, and we'll talk about that. Also talking about what sporting events do you not feel like you need to watch that you used to have to watch growing up? Max, uh, let, what do we got on the on the text line? The old National uh, Bank talking text line. What are people saying they used to have to watch that they don't feel like they need to watch anymore? Doug says uh, the World Series for sure. When I was a kid, I loved it. Uh, had to stay up late and watch it, but not so much anymore. Ooh, so that's an interesting one. Because, I, you know, I was born in 1975, so I could be like, all right, 75, Reds beat the Red Sox. 76, Red Sox, Reds over Yankees. 77, Yankees over Dodgers. 78, you know, Yankees over Dodgers. 79, Pirates over Orioles. 80, Phillies, Royals. 81, Yankees, Dodgers. 82, Brewers, Cardinals. 83, Phillies, Orioles. 84, like... 
Tigers, Padres, 85, Royals. Oh, I had to sleep over for that one. Royals, Cardinals, uh, the Don Dankinger stuff, 86 Mets, uh, you know, obviously with the Red Sox and 87 Twins, Cardinals, 88. I mean, you, I, I, I could go through, but when, when I got, if I got to like, I don't know if I even know who the Braves beat last year. <laughs> like, w- w- like the Braves won. I know for sure. I assume they beat the Astros because, like, but but did they? Like, who would they have beaten? Like, I don't know. Um, now I did watch. Uh, oh, uh, and by the way, I'm talking about last year, not like this year, right? Like, I was I, when I was saying like the the World Series. I was saying like 2021. Obviously, 2022. Was a little closer, but who won that? Let's see. Did the Astros win that also? The Astros seem to win everything. Yeah. I, I guess I know the Astros won this year, but I'm saying I don't know who in 2021 the Braves beat. I know the Astros make the ALCS every year, and I know whoever beats the Brewers, right? Like, because I still claim the Phillies beat the Brewers this year for that last wild card spot, and that's why the Phillies made the World Series. The year before, Braves beat the Brewers and they win the World Series the year before. I feel like the Dodgers in that 2020 year, they beat the Brewers and they win the World Series. 2019, like the Nationals, they beat the Brewers. They win the World Series. Like that's that's kind of what happens every year. Um, yeah, that's fair on on the World Series. Uh, I, I I'd still do watch it, but it's not must watch. I feel like in the same appointment viewing kind of way. All right, what else we got on the text? Uh, Doug also says heavyweight boxing championships. Oh, great call. I mean, that's a brilliant one. Like, it wasn't just Mike Tyson. It was like home. I mean, that wasn't, I mean, you could get into non-heavyweight stuff. But, I mean, if you stay heavyweight, you know, it was, I mean, those were must-watch. George Foreman era, and once Holyfield was was a heavyweight. And, oh, yeah, that's a good call. What else we got? Uh, six one two says not rescheduling my day to watch this season Badgers football or the Packers. Um, <laughs> dude, I have to admit, Badger football games. I was, I mean, away games because I was at every home game. But away games, I would be locked in, and I'm critical of Badger fans sometimes for being spoiled. Maybe I should be at the top of that list uh, as a. I'm I'm guilty. I I did not have the appointment viewing. I ended up watching and like it would pop up on the app and I'd stream it on my phone. But I agree, not to the same degree. Now it's I still feel like I want to watch those, so I don't put at the same level as the Heisman Trophy. But that's a fair point. Any any others we got here? Uh, no, not really. All right, there. That's where we got. All right, so I mentioned want to talk about this before we get Jeff Smolian in. Uh, Packers. Come, you know, back, you know, Packers come into this late, late buy uh, in, I mean, what has to be worse than any worst case scenario they could have imagined. I don't believe the Packers foresaw a scenario where they could have not had Aaron Rodgers miss a start and they could have five wins at this buy, right? To be five and eight. To have a record that is worse than every single team in the NFC East, I mean, that is not a scenario that existed, right? I mean, every team in the NFC East is over 500, and there the Packers sit. And, like, 
Who cares, right? The, oh, well, they're only a half game out of second in the division. I mean, division is absolutely meaningless, right? So you look at it, and I, I went through uh, one of these scenario things where you could put who wins each game, and you know, and I found, you know, I found the way into the Packers postseason, and you know, you can you can do it, but I mean, you look at even getting to nine and eight, how difficult that will be. And you look at the reason why to this point, and it's really tough to to shake what I saw on Thursday night. Like, I saw Baker Mayfield lead two long, especially that second one, touchdown drives with a bunch of third, fourth string receivers, right? Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, I mean, you know, first drive was a slow one, second one was longer. And when I think about this season for the Green Bay Packers, I think that Goody kind of did to Aaron Rodgers what he always does, right? He didn't give him the right resources. But Aaron has always been good enough to get through that. And I look at this season, and I look at that Washington Commanders game on the road where Aaron played well late in the game after not playing well. I look at that game at Detroit— where Aaron threw all those red zone interceptions. And I look at the game where Aaron got hurt, and I get that Aaron got hurt, but that New York Giants game in London. And what I look at it is, hey, you know what? If Aaron plays at the level we're used to seeing Aaron play, they might have won more than those games. But if Aaron plays even at the base expectation of what we could have had for him, and the defense is no better than what we've seen. If this supporting cast is no better than what we've seen, then this Green Bay Packers team should be, based on everything we've seen for the last decade, sitting at 8-5. and five. And if they're sitting at 8-5 and five right now, sure, they're behind the Dallas Cowboys, you know, in the wild card. They're behind the Vikings in the division. But they're right in the heart of it. They're that team that Jason Wildey said going into the year. No one's going to want to play coming into the playoffs because they're going to be getting better. Their defense would be getting better. Christian Watson would be getting better. They'd figure out how to run this offense better and better without Devontae Adams. And they are so close to that being the case. And I guess that's the reason why I still want to believe, right? That's the reason why I'm saying you know what? I don't need to see Jordan Love yet, right? I don't need, like, what's Jordan Love going to show you in one start, right? Like, Baker Mayfield, we just saw how good he was. We saw him good as a rookie, or his first year starting with with Cleveland. Doesn't mean we want to, like, build a, a franchise around him. You know, you're starting Jordan Love in, in a weird way. It's the opposite of what you think I'm going to say. You would be starting Jordan Love if you know you have Aaron Rodgers back next year. It's the exact opposite. If you know you have Aaron back and you know that you're going to be a contender again next year because Aaron Rodgers is going to make you a contender and the team around him is going to, then you are trying to maximize your value for Jordan Love and you are going to make sure other people see what you believe you have in Jordan Love and you're going to go and try to uh, feature him. If you don't believe that, 
if you believe Aaron is not back next year and you believe Jordan Love has a chance to be your starting quarterback, well, you already know who Jordan Love is. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is going to give you the best chance to win. And the thing is, you just never know once you get into the tournament. I mentioned the Atlanta Braves, the Washington Nationals. How about the Green Bay Packers the last time they won the Super Bowl? The only time Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. They were an 8-6 and six team going into the last two weeks of the season. They were an 8-6 and six team going into the last two weeks of the season that only got in because the Lions choked in a game like they normally do or whatever. That's the only reason the Packers made the playoffs the last time they won the Super Bowl. They ended up as a 10-6 and six team. They ended up as a six seed, and they ended up as Super Bowl champions. So for me, the idea of not playing your best players when you still have a chance to make the playoffs is absolutely insane. I get it. It's a long shot, but it's possible, and you got to play it out. You got to absolutely play it out. You got to use this bye to the best of your ability, and you got to try to win these next four games. Jeff Smullian, the inventor of sports radio, legitimately invented this entire medium that we are doing, is coming up next. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. What do you Continuing on Sunday Karma, normally it is Jason Wildy in this spot, but the Packers have a bye, and we have a great honor to have a special guest in this segment. He is the author of Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, the ups, downs, and reinvention of an entrepreneur. He is the guy who invented what we're doing right now, uh, and he is uh, my idol because, uh, you know, Sports radio, owning a professional sports team, which he did, uh, all the things that uh, I uh, want to do, and uh, start a company in the Midwest uh, that, I, that I'm like the poor man's version of this guy. It is the founder of MS Communications, the great Jeff Smullian, joins us on Sunday Karma. Good morning, Jeff. Morning, Craig. It is a pleasure. You may be the poor man's version of me, but you're the smart man's version of me. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it, it's, you know, you your whole book, I mean, the, the self-deprecation is something that you talk about and um is that I mean, just a dive in, is that fake like is obviously as an no. entrepreneur you need to think really highly of yourself to take all these chances so uh well, you know so what's that know, balance I, between self-deprecation and confidence and arrogance and humility like where, where how do you view that all well i think number one i always learned at an early age make fun of yourself and and it puts other people at ease and, and, and I just, I, I've always thought, you know, that, uh, it, you know, listen, I, at this age, I am who I am. This is me. The book is me. Uh, and my, my parents grounded me. I mean, you know, my mom, my mom, um, there's a passage in the book where somebody called my mom, one of her friends, and I got some award and, and she was one of her Mahjong partners. And she said, Natalie, you never told me about this. You know, I had to read it in the paper. And my mom said, I, I don't need to brag about my son. If, he, she said, look, if you're good, people will figure it out. And, and if you're not good, better, better not brag about it. So 
So I, I'm sure I have, I have a lot of self-confidence, probably too much because I've done too many stupid things. Um, but I've also, you know, felt, you know, that, that, you know, I am the same person I've always been. I've always been able to laugh at life and make fun of myself. The needling at Emmis has been the hallmark of Emmis. And it's who I am. Yeah, it's amazing. And the book is awesome. And the book is uh, available for order now, right? So it's, it's, it's shipping yeah. soon? Or what, what's, what's the timing? No, so if people it, go on and order it, it now, what happens? Yeah, if you call, if you order at Amazon, if you type in Jeff Smolian or never write a roller coaster upside down, wherever you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the Apple Bookstore, uh, you can order it. You can download it instantly, digitally, or uh, you get the audio book instantly. Uh, or if you call Amazon, literally it'll ship to you same day or a day later. Okay, good. So we are shipping now. So that that's awesome. Yeah. Never ride a roller coaster upside down. So now let's uh, let's just talk about this whole sports radio thing because I think most people listening just accept that sports radio is part of their lives. And right. I re- I remember as a kid the day you signed on, it, it was like life changing for me. You know, as a yeah. kid in New Jersey listening, but. There was never 24-7 sports radio. Why didn't it exist before you, and what made you think it could work? Well, you know, it was an idea that I had had when I was like a sophomore at USC, not paying attention in a class. And you sort of bury something in the back of your mind. And when we bought the Doubleday stations, we had always focused on FM music stations. But an AM came with it, and it had the Mets, and it had country music. Uh, we laughed. It was the number one country music station in the country, which meant it was about 28th in New York City. Um, right. So, and I, I was mentioning one of my dear friends, Steve Crane, who came into Emmis at the very beginning about it one night. And we, we actually uh, did Hot 97, actually Hot 103 first. We took the FM first and we said, let's give that six months, make sure it's moving. And I brought it up to our managers. I had explained to our senior people, and they, they basically, we had a, an infamous manager's meeting um, where they voted it down. And Steve and I and Joe Hollander, ironically, who was our sales manager, all wanted to do it, and we got outvoted. And I'll never forget, Steve said to me, what do you want to do? I said, you can't lead where others won't follow, so let's not, we won't do it. And the next day, Rick Cummings, who was then and is still now head of all of our programming, um, came into my office with Doyle Rose, and they said, look, we still think it's a stupid idea, but we're really doing well, and we owe you one, so we're going to do it. And that began sports radio, um, and it was always viewed as Smullyan's folly. Uh, Jim Lampley was our first on-air guy. He called it the Vietnam War of Emmis, um, and it really didn't do much uh, for, for about 18 months. Well, Jeff, I remember, like, you guys had to figure out what to put on the air. Like, so when I would listen to the nighttime show before I was going to bed, I'd be sneaking it in my, in my bed, like where my parents, as, as all, as all radio guys always did. Right. And you would, the guys at night would literally be like the Yankees or Mets, whoever played that day, both of them, they'd be going through and saying, yep, well, um, you know, Ricky Henderson leading off. He was two for four today. He scored one run. <laughs> He had two RBIs. Yeah. Willie Randolph batting second. He went one for three. Like they, they were reading the box score because like they, you guys were just figuring out what twenty four seven sports radio even even meant. So what what was the tipping point? What after the eighteen months? What started to change things? Well, even before that, it, it, a, a nice man named John Shannon who had been at ABC Sports 
really wanted to make it a national format and a lot of national hosts and too much, too many sports updates. Uh, and we brought in Mark Mason, who really reinvented it. Um, we changed out the shows. The real most important thing was we bought the NBC stations. And in those days, you could only own one AM or one FM in a town. So we had to, we had to pick what we wanted. And we moved fan to 660. Uh, and we took Don Imus on. And it was, everybody thinks, well, that was natural. But Don had been through a series of rehabs uh, and had had all sorts of problems. Um, and we took a chance. We put Mike and the Mad Dog on in afternoons, and the whole thing just took off. That's incredible. We're chatting with Jeff Smolian, Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, uh, the book, uh, founder of Emmis Communications. And so all of a sudden you're doing this sports radio. You mentioned Mike and the Mad Dog. It's a, it's a caller-driven thing, and, um, and sports radio is happening when it was going on, did you think this was a New York phenomenon or were you thinking this was scalable and every city in the country could have one? And obviously, as it's turned out, two, three, four sports radio stations. Well, we thought that New York was the best place because New Yorkers live and die sports 24 hours a day. Um, so we thought and, and that, by the way, was the key to the station, making it much more local. Um, and, and we knew that it was it was take off. We decided not to do it because our focus was FM music. Um, but yeah, it, did it? Did I ever believe there'd be seven hundred of them? No, not at all. Yeah, it, it is incredible. And as as I said before, you were on the air. Uh, I owe you a debt of gratitude because that's what you know. I, I became such a fan of what you were doing that that was ended up being the model of what we wanted to do as a company. And you know, we started our first station, you know, here in Wisconsin, with actually Howard right. Stern and Sports Talk. Right. You know, because we had seen uh, you do it with IMIS and Sports Talk right. and, and you know, and, and really felt that that model could work. And, you know, and by then, you know, it was the late 90s. We did it on FM uh, because we saw, you know, we saw that as the future of, of where some of this stuff could go. And, you know, now both right. of the stations that we're on today are FM sports radio stations, which would have been uh, an odd thing, right, for, for most of the history yeah. of sports radio. Well, and what we learned was that, you know, music had shifted to FM. That's why we didn't do, we thought country music was an anomaly and it was going to stay working on AM. And then as time has gone on, the AM band has been challenged. Uh, and almost all listening is on FM, although there's still some pretty profitable niches on AM. But, but generally, all, you know, all of the major news and talk stations and sports stations have migrated to FM. Well, the other incredible thing to think about is, you talk about in the book, and unless you've been through it, operating in this, our station here in Milwaukee, we've been on three signals. Our first one was 1510 AM, where legitimately right. we would, in afternoon drive, you know, we would just go off the air. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and we, at the time, streaming had kind of started, but it, it wasn't. So people didn't even understand what we were talking about. If we were saying you can continue listening to us. But you, you went through daytime-only stations, which we've been through. You also went through right. moving towers and everything oh, yeah. from the FAA uh, to the FCC to the you know, Department of Transportation, all the things. And, you know, and we legitimately, we had, a, um, we had a woman stand up at a meeting and say that she met my dog and my dog was very crazy and that she's thinking it's because of the radio signals, and if we put a tower in their neighborhood, that that's going to happen to everyone's pets. I mean, you guys yeah. had to grind it out, 
And so like when people hear New York and inventing sports radio and L.A. and then even owning professional sports, which we're going to talk about coming up, that's not I mean, that that is what happens when these bets you took worked. But like, yeah, when you when you think back, like, are those like, thank God, those like moments ended or are those like the best times? Like what what are the times that you think back and you're like, gosh, like I, I love those times. I, you know, I've loved all the times, but certainly in the beginning, I mean, listen, we were a skyrocket. Everything we did turned to gold in the entire decade of the eighties. Um, and I laugh, I, I was just sitting here telling my wife, you got to get the dogs in the other room because they make so much noise. If, if I had had a tower hearing where people had based <laughs> the case on the sanity of my dog, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, have ever been on the radio. And, and by I, the way, I got voted down five, nothing at that meeting. I'll never forget that. Yeah. One. <laughs> I, I, we had, and in the old days, Craig, I mean, you had other broadcasters secretly, this is, this goes back 50 years ago, secretly funding these groups. Um, well, I had that I damn mean, guy in the town of Windsor, and I'll never forget him. Uh, and if yeah. he's listening, he he said to me, he's like, he was the only guy who wasn't a farmer, and he's like, yeah. if if you don't use my land for your tower, I'm gonna go and make your life hell, and I'm gonna tell everybody else that uh, that you don't respect farmers. And he was the only yeah. guy who wasn't actually a farmer on that block. Yeah, and he he I, got everyone lined up against me. You have, if you've lived this, and I think that's what's so much fun about being an entrepreneur. I said something the other day that we're all the own, we're the entrepreneurs of our own lives. But those of us who've done it, I think it's the experiences, it's the people, it's the friendship. Uh, and make no mistake, you know, there were crazy experiences, which is why I wrote the book. Yeah, and it's an incredible book. Never ride a roller coaster upside down. The ups, downs, and reinvention of an entrepreneur. And I said I'm the poor man's version of you. I am a limited partner in the Milwaukee Bucks. But you made the big jump to actually buy a major league baseball team. And we are going to talk about your purchase of the Seattle Mariners and what went right, wrong, and uh, the relationships. We'll talk about everyone from Ken Griffey uh, Jr. to David Letterman and more. As we continue with Jeff Smullyan, Sunday Karma, ESPN, Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN, Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN, Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Continuing with Jeff Smullyan, never ride a roller coaster upside down. The ups, downs, and reinvention of an entrepreneur. You could order the book anywhere you order books. Perfect gift for that. Uh, the sports fan, the entrepreneur, um, anyone who likes great stories. Uh, incredible, incredible book um, from Jeff Smullyan, the founder of Emmis Communications, Midwest guy. Invented sports radio, and then, as he said, everything's going right. He's a genius throughout the entire 80s, and he decides he wants to buy a Major League Baseball team. How did you decide on it? How did you decide on the Mariners, and what was that process like to uh, to buy a Major League Baseball team? Well, Craig, for better or worse, I've always had theories. We sort of saw the regionalization 
of cable TV and sports and how valuable the content would be. Um, and we couldn't, we were in almost every major st- market with an FM station. Um, and so we couldn't buy any more in the top markets because you only buy one. We got close to the Mets people and close to the pe- people in baseball. We were known as the marketing wizards and the turnaround guys. And everybody said, well, George Argeros wants to sell Seattle and it really needs marketing. Now, what I didn't realize is the checkered past of baseball in Seattle, which you know all very well, living in Milwaukee with the Brewers, was very, very frayed. Um, And I think I didn't know until years later, they said, look, we think these guys are good marketers, but no human being can turn this franchise around. They'll give it time. It won't work. And we'll move the thing to to Florida. Um, That I learned later. Um, but, you know, I love Seattle. I had been there as a kid, thought it was the coolest city of all time, loved turnarounds. And so we said, what the heck? Uh, you know, I, you know, people think we had to be a baseball fan and I clearly was, but we've always made decisions based on what we thought would be a good investment. Now, if you look at what's happened to these assets over time, that's true. Um, but it was clearly a challenge franchise. Now you guys end up with not only Ken Griffey Jr., but you end up right. with Ken Griffey Sr. You were the one who right. did that, right? Your, your organization when put the yeah. father and son playing together. First, what was Griffey Jr. like? And then what was it like having uh, the two of them on a roster together? Well, Jr. was, I, I, listen, I, I grew up as the ultimate Willie Mays fan. Uh, I thought Jr., if he had stayed healthy, would have been the best baseball player who ever lived. Every night was fun. I was sort of, my, Gary Cases was my closest friend. And Gary was the president of the team. And every night before games, we'd sort of sit behind home plate. And Junior was the one player to come in every night to shoot the breeze. Uh, he was like a kid brother. I loved him. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'll tell you one, one quick story. The one night he made what I still think is the greatest catch in baseball history, which you still see, where at full speed he runs up the wall and catches the ball. Um, and, and the next night, Gary said, Junior, you know, that was a pretty nice catch but you ripped up our outfield padding. We're going to have to dock your pay. Uh, and Kenny said, get it from ESPN. They'll be showing that catch for 30 years. And he's right. <laughs> Absolutely right. One of the stories in uh, Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down, the ups, downs, yeah. and reinvention of an entrepreneur, Jeff Smullyan, is our guest. Now, I think everyone looks at sports as like, oh, no matter what, when you invest, you make so much money, you then sell it for hundreds of millions of dollars more. Like there's, yeah. you know, yeah, sure. It's, it's a lot of money to buy a team, but no matter what you end up making money, if you buy a sports team, uh, are you here to say that that isn't just uh, how it works? No, well it has. Yes. It's worked out that way, Craig, because this country's created so many billionaires. Uh, I think I talk about that in the book that they've been able to bid up prices that have no bearing to the economics of the franchise. So, for example, I think when the, when, the, when the Florida Marlins were sold, I think the team was losing $100 million a year, and they still paid a billion, $200 million for it. So the, the relationship between profitability uh, and, and asset values has grown incrementally as a function, really, of the growth of cable TV and overall TV. But more than that, the pool of buyers has been multiplied because we've created a staggering amount of very, very, very rich people in this country. And so why don't you still own the Mariners? Why aren't you, uh, you know, owning well, one of these uh, multi-billion dollar, and I don't want to ruin the book, but, uh, but you know, well, so what, what yeah. happened? 
we could not afford to lose the kind of money we were losing. There's a great story. Um, David Stern, who became a dear friend, and we became very close, called me one day and said, I have a bet with a friend. And I would bet, uh, the bet is that if you could get the Mariners today for free, uh, and, and the only two caveats were baseball's economics couldn't change, and you had to stay in Seattle for 10 years, would you do that? And, and I, it was one of my favorite lines. I said, no, David, if I owned this free baseball team for 10 years, I could lose $500 million. And that doesn't include the psychic cost of having to beat my head against the wall dealing with the institutions out here. <laughs> uh, my favorite line is sometimes free is too expensive. But we weren't rich enough to, own, own, uh, to lose $20 million a year. Um, you know, I used to joke that you, you really needed to be a billionaire to own the, the Kansas City Royals or sometimes the Brewers or, or, you know, or, or the Mariners. But if you owned a fairly good paper route, you could own the Yankees or Dodgers. Right. Yeah, I mean, small markets, and that's why we do feel so fortunate in Wisconsin that, you know, the Bucks, the Brewers have had that kind of success, you know, consistently. Right. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we battle about our Pacers and our Bucks, and, uh, yeah. and, uh, we're, you know, and, and guessing right, you know, which John Hammond did even before our ownership group with Giannis uh, certainly yeah. makes an impact. Um, Jeff, before I let you go, I got to tell you a quick uh, full circle uh, moment here. So um, our, our show right now is on in Milwaukee and Madison uh, right now uh, running the board. Um, and you, you have a phrase in your book uh, that I thought was an interesting one, which is uh, to the manner born. Right. right. You know, right. where it kind of the, the point is that, like some people don't have the grind and aren't willing to work and all that because they were born, you know, uh, with a lot and they don't have that same yep. grit. Well, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, uh, the grit of, uh, of, of kind of how good karma and our company, what we believe, but how about yeah. the fact that right now the board operator in Madison, Wisconsin for your show on this Sunday morning is Colin Russo, the son of Chris oh. Russo, the mad oh dog. God. When you uh, just said he, uh, how about that? I, I think that shows uh, that. He he is not to the manner born that he's out grinding as a as a board op on a Sunday morning in Madison. Well, well, Colin. If, and now sometimes people who run the board are not paying attention when the material is too boring. But if you're listening, Colin, I adore your dad. Matter of fact, I think I'm doing a show next week, uh, and I I love that you are starting out in the business. Uh, I love the fact that you're willing to be a board op uh, on Sundays, uh, and I think that's what makes has always made this business great. Great people who love it have a passion for it, Greg. Yeah, and and people who uh, you know college who on a Sunday uh, aren't hungover and that they're uh, they're out grinding out their radio job uh, the way you grinded and uh, and have created an incredible story that still evolves. MS Communications still owning radio stations, owning other businesses. We just built new st new offices here in Milwaukee and used you for used you for businesses that uh, we didn't even know you owned as we uh, yes, as we I, went through the process. When I saw that, you made my day. Our, our, we, we joked that we were in the, the business of producing sound for 40 years. Now we're in the business of, of deadening sound. So, uh, you know, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, well, uh, you can read all about it. Never ride a roller coaster upside down. The ups, downs, and reinvention of an entrepreneur. Jeff Smolian, a guy who, as we started, we said self-deprecation is core. You can learn the 11 commandments now of uh, MS and uh, how they've built uh, their culture and uh, just so many uh, things that we could all model uh, in terms of the behavior that have you have made you all not only successful, but had such fun 
uh, on the ride. So Jeff, thanks for uh, joining this morning and uh, thanks for writing this book. And I know it's going to impact a lot of people in so many ways. Craig, thanks. And keep up your great work. Yeah, thanks, thanks so Craig. much. There is the great Jeff Smolian. MS Communications, Never Ride a Roller Coaster Upside Down is the book. So fun. And, uh, you know, a guy I heard about as a kid and, uh, you know, he's still doing it. You know, he is still doing the grind. Also, he's out here still on a Sunday morning. Certainly doesn't need the money promoting his book and, uh, you know, doing uh, doing incredible, incredible things. Uh, we have our seven at 11. It's, uh, I guess we're not going to get there by 11, but we're, I actually think we're uh, maybe about uh, as on time as we ever are. Uh, but uh, seven, Max, I'm sorry to mention you. I mean, does, does he know the great Meyersons uh, or the Meyersons part of? Yeah, the- there's not quite the same lineage of radio hosts in my family as as Colin Russo. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's understandable. Whatever. Well, maybe one day he'll get to a market the size you have. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, no, we we appreciate Max Meyerson, Colin Russo running the board with you, and uh, we're gonna get our seven and eleven next Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.